Bill Street Caravan is brought to you by the generous support of the Memphis Convention and Visitors Bureau. Memphis, home of the blues and the birthplace of rock and roll. I'm your co-host, Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Kevin Cubbins. And you're listening to the Sounds of Memphis on Beale Street Caravan. What a special show we've got in store this week. It's funny that you say in store because today's performance was taped on Record Store Day at Shangri-La Records in Memphis, Tennessee. That's right. Shangri-La Records has been included in every single quote-unquote top 10 record stores in America list published in, what, the past 20 years? Yeah. And it provided us with this perfect setting for this week's show. So who are today's performers? Well, first up in this hour, we'll have a few solo numbers from Luther Dickinson. Then Luther will be joined by his musical brother, and one sister, and an ensemble performance by the Sons of Mudboy. And why, Pat, are we and all these fine, talented people gathered here for Record Store Day? Because we're celebrating the re-release of the legendary album, Bill Street Saturday Night from Omnivore Records. I can't wait to tell our listeners more about that. Also with us this week is Bill Street Caravan contributor David Less. David will be continuing his series, The Memphis Beat. Well, that's all coming up right now on Bill Street Caravan. Hey, Pat. Hey, Kevin. You know, this is one of those programs where I just want to get out of the way as fast as possible and let the music do the talking. Agreed, but there's a lot of context that goes along with this particular program. That's true. I think I'm just going to dig in, so you jump in and help me fill in the blanks, okay? Okay. In 1979, an odd little record was released from Memphis to little or no acclaim. There was no distribution. There was no publicity. There was no real plan to market it or even place it in the right retail channels. Some say there were 500 copies pressed back then, and I've heard some people say that it was 1,000. Who knows? What is known is that the record was brought to life by Maverick producer Jim Dickinson. Jim was such a creative force of nature, and looking back on all the cool records he had a hand in, this one has always really stood out to me. It's so much less an album in the traditional sense of an album being a collection of songs and it's much less even an attempt to distract or entertain a listener. Rather, it's this unique avant-garde document of the remnants, the remains of Old Beale Street. This is the very end. They had the bulldozers ready to go at this point. Urban Renewal was about to pave right over the places where American music was birthed. And Jim and this cast of characters, fortunately, they were on hand to take this, this snapshot. It's one part Alan Lomax field recordings capturing moments in time and one part dramatic interpretation. That second part makes it really special. The album flows almost like a musical or play. It's musical and sonic theater in Mm -hmm. a sense. It tells a story. That's right. There are all these seamless transitions from field recordings to storytelling and interviews. The list of artists that contributed to the album is simply mind-blowing. Fred Ford, Prince Gabe, Grandma Dixie Davis, Sleepy John Estes, Furry Lewis, Thomas Pinkston, who at the time of the recording was the last surviving member of W.C. Handy's orchestra. You've got Teeny Hodges, Alex Chilton, and last but not least, Sid Selvage, Jim Dickinson, Lee Baker, and Jimmy Crossway, a.k.a. Mudboy and the Neutrons. We'll talk about them later in the program when we introduce the sons of Mudboy. So the album languished, like so many great and incomprehensible records do, but it became a rarity. And if you follow that sort of thing on eBay or whatever, copies of the record started fetching pretty insane prices. 
And that's where Omnivore Records comes into the story. The label seems to have a unique understanding and appreciation for Memphis music, to say the least. The Bill Street Saturday Night seemed the perfect candidate for re-release, and they made it happen on Record Store Day. And this is the coolest part. The Memphis Development Foundation, the original group that commissioned the record, are donating the royalties from sales to Bill Street Caravan. Which is absolutely humbling and awesome in so many ways. Huge thanks and shout out to Pat Halloran and Omnivore Records for that. Well, let's let Luther take us from here, shall we? I think we? we should. Up first, we've got Luther on solo Gibson guitar for our listeners. Here's Luther Dickinson live on Bill Street Caravan.
Thank y'all so much. We'll be right back in a few minutes with Susan, my boy. Thank you, Memphis. We love you.
Sing it, y'all. off in a ruckus mood, so I'll just kind of keep that going in a...
Imagine the solo right now. We'll return with music from Sons of Mudboy in just a few minutes, but right now we're going to turn it over to Bill Street Caravan contributor David Less. 
David Lust has worn a lot of hats. David's contributions have appeared in Rolling Stone, Downbeat, Blues Review, and Memphis Magazine. He has researched Memphis music for the National Endowment for the Humanities and the Smithsonian Institute. And as a former executive director of the Blues Foundation, he created this little radio show you're listening to right now. His series, The Memphis Beat, combines archived interviews and David's insight to present an in-depth look at the forces that paved the way towards the birth of rock and roll. Here's David. Thanks, Pat. Last week, we talked about the influence of the neighborhood schools with their great band directors on the development of Memphis musicians. Today, let's begin our two-part series on jazz in Memphis. Although Memphis is known as the home of the blues, it has a rich tradition of jazz musicians, even preceding Jimmy Lunsford and his high school band, the Chickasaw Syncopators. But the true golden age of jazz in Memphis was the 1940s and 50s. There were several quality bands that found regular work and were proving grounds for the burgeoning jazz musicians. Today, we will focus on one in particular, Tuff Green and his legendary saxman, Dobelly. Before he was known as the producer for acts like Al Green, Ann Peebles, and a host of others, Willie Mitchell was a band leader. He talks about some of the local bands of note in the 1950s. Uh, Al Jackson had a band. He had a I think about, about 14 pieces. Real popular band. Then Tough Green came along. Tough Green had the most popular band then. There was another band came along uh, called Luther Steinberg. He had, he, he and I started at the same time. Then Luther Steinberg had one of the real popular band. Then my band caught fire. Baritone saxophonist Floyd Newman has a long career as a session musician most notably as a member of the Memphis Horns. He also was a band director before he retired. He describes the difference in some of the bands around town, including Phineas Newborn Sr., also known as Finus, whose sons became world-renowned jazz musicians. Finus Sr., he played at these clubs where he was playing the latest pop, blues, and standards. And because uh, he had the musicians that were capable of that. <laughs> Tuff's band was playing um, the blues and um, some standards, but mostly dance music. Willie Mitchell recalls Tuff Green's influence was pervasive, even with the king of the blues. The first recording I really remember is uh, when B.B. made 3 o'clock in the morning. Tuff Green's band was the band on that uh, recording. Made in Tuff Green's house, really. Fred Ford was a saxophonist who traveled with Johnny Otis, Gatemouth Brown, and recorded on Big Mama Thornton's Hound Dog. He had a long career and is an iconic figure in Memphis music. He talks about Tuff Green's star saxman, Dobelly, learning to play. Leonard Dobelly Camel came from the Book of Washington Band. Here was a man that wanted to play a tenor saxophone. His grandmother came down on Beale Street, bought a saxophone she thought was a tenor saxophone. He took the horn and started playing. Six months after he got the horn, he was playing Coleman Hawkins' classic solo on Body and Soul, note for note. But it wasn't a tenor saxophone he was playing. He was playing a C melody, which made it even 10 times harder because he was playing in all those flats. Body and Soul is in D flat. And so if you're playing tenor saxophone, that would put you in E flat. 
which would give you three flats. He's playing alto, it would put you in B flat. But he was playing a C melody, which would put him in the same key as the piano. He turned out to be one of the greatest saxophone players I ever heard in my life. Uh, he got killed in that record at 21 years old. Tough Green's band spent time in Los Angeles, another hotbed for jazz in the late 1940s and early 50s. Floyd Newman tells how a local band from Memphis got a chance to work with one of the best-known artists of the day. The way he got to California, Nat King Cole came here. And during that time, every month they brought in like Dizzy Gillespie's big band. You know, they'd bring in all these different groups every month. I think Tough Band played on the show, and Nat King Cole heard them, and he hired them. He took them with him as the opening act. And that's how they got to L.A. They, he, he, they traveled with uh, uh, Nat King Cole, the entire group. Once in L.A., Dobelly quickly established himself as a major talent at the late-night jam sessions. Floyd Newman describes the buzz on this young sensation and the tragedy of his death at 21. I never saw Dobelli, but uh, they said he was just totally unbelievable. Tenor saxophones. My father was, I told you, he worked on the railroad, and he came back from Los Angeles one time, the Los Angeles Times, and they had unknown saxophonists destroyers, the great Wally L. Gray and Dexter Gordon. And they said he lined them up. Bill Eckstein drove all around trying to beg Dope Better to become a member of his band. And, but see, he was with Tough Green, and he enjoyed that. I understand that uh, the drummer, he dropped off to sleep as they were coming to a hill. Dope Better was killed, and the pianist, and the drummer. Fred Ford shares his reflections of Dobelly and a chance meeting with one of his admirers. Before he got killed in that wreck, he had a chance to go out on the West Coast with Tough Green's band and uh, went out on the West Coast playing with the Nat Cole Trio. Well, while they were out on the West Coast, Leonard Campbell, as we called him, Dobelly, because he was short and fat, and uh, he would tell you that, I don't know no alto player in the world can play more tempo than me, so regardless how fast you play the song, he played just as fast as Breeze Lightning. While he was on the West Coast, they would have jam sessions out there. And who but two of the great tenor saxophone players? It was Dexter Gordon and Waddell Gray. And every morning at Dobelli's hotel room, Waddell Gray be sitting there in the morning time and said, please play for me. Let me hear you play just a cappella. Let me hear you play. And I had a chance to talk to Waddell Gray. Told him about Leonard Campbell. And Waddell Gray actually stood up had tears in his eyes. He said, Fred, he said, out of all my life, I've never heard anybody play a tennis saxophone like that, including Colton Hawkins and Don Byers. All that man had to do was just live. He was going to go down in history as one of the greats to ever live. For Bill Street Caravan, this is David Less. Next week on Memphis Beat, we'll conclude our examination of jazz in Memphis and talk about two of the great band leaders, Anzi Horn and Bill Harvey. Thanks, David. We have to take a quick break for local announcements, but when we come back, we'll hear from Sons of Mudboy. You're listening to the Sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan.
AutoZone is proud to support Bill Street Caravan and many other arts organizations that strengthen the greater Memphis community. Parts are just part of what we do. AutoZone.com. Bill Street Caravan is also supported in part by awards from the Tennessee Arts Commission and Arts Memphis. So we're back, and to recap, this show, we're at Shangri-La Records in Memphis, Tennessee. We're there to mark the re-release of the legendary and obscure record, Beale Street Saturday Night. We went in depth the first half of the program and told the story behind the record. Now we're going to talk a little bit about the significance of the artists you're hearing with us. The band Mudboy and the Neutrons played a big role in Memphis music. Their fingerprints are all over this record and many other records of this era. They were and remain pretty indescribable, which is problematic in a way when you're a public radio program tasked with providing context and narrative. But Hey, we're going to roll with it, and we hope our listeners do their homework and catch up with us. Inspired by the ancient sounds and traditions that still lingered at the fringes in 1960s Memphis, Jim Dickinson, Sid Selvage, Lee Baker, and Jimmy Crosswaite informally joined together to play music. Music inspired by country blues, jug band blues, hill country blues, bring in the elements of the day and age— it was the 60s, mind you. <laughs> and hopefully you get this vague idea of what Mudboy was about. They didn't record a lot. And keep in mind that the members all had individual music careers that they were working on. Mudboy wasn't the focus, I've always gathered, but it was definitely a thing. However informal and loose... And it lived, it breathed, and it grew in its own way over the years. Sadly, in recent years, we lost Lee Baker, Jim, and our friend and mentor, Sid Selvich. And now they're playing in this angel band, and I really don't want to know what kind of trouble they're starting. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but Jimmy Crossway is still with us, and vibrantly so, and he's still playing that washboard. The musical birthright is passed to the talented and able sons of the original group members. Luther and Cody Dickinson, Steve Selvage, and Ben Baker are joined by friends Paul Taylor on Washtub Bass, Luke White singing harmony vocals, Charday Thomas, granddaughter of Other Turner, on fife and drums. And the Mudboy tradition, special to so many around here, lives on and, and in such a beautiful way. So without any further ado, coming to you from the front porch of Shangri-La Records on Record Store Day, here are Sons of Mudboy, live on Bill Street Caravan. Yeah. 
Let it shine on me, let it shine on me. Let your light from the lighthouse shine on me, shine on me. Let it shine on me, let your light from the lighthouse shine on me. Hey, well, my Lord. Just what he said Let your light yeah, from the lighthouse Shine on me Heal the sick and raise the dead Let your light from the lighthouse Shine on me yeah, Let it shine on me Let it shine on me Let your light from the lighthouse Shine
to my Like a D.O.G. Everybody play. Yeah. 
Well, come all you men if you want to flirt. Y'all to come a woman in a mini skirt. Got a half yard of ribbon wrapped around her leg. Step like she's stepping on scrambled. On scrambled eggs. She stepped like she's stepping on scrambled eggs. For sale, I missed a case I couldn't run. Well, let me tell you what the case is done. They left out of Memphis by a quarter to five. Got the Newport News, it was dinner time. It was dinner time. Got the Newport News, baby, it was dinner time. Well, conduct a toll case before you run over time. You're gonna cause a collusion with the 109. A case is said, this engine is mine. I'm gonna run in glory, that's how I made my time. Well, they told all the passengers to keep yourself here. Cause I'm a natural bone shaking like a chain it is. Like chain it is. Natural bone show no shaking like chain it is. Why not? Passing the train under the wheel was old Hobo John. It was good Hobo, but he dead and gone. Lord, dead and gone. Another great man, but he dead and
That was Sons of Mudboy live on Bill Street Caravan. You can find out more info on Bill Street Saturday Night on Omnivore's website. It's omnivorerecordings.com. The record is available in limited edition clear vinyl pressing. It's available on CD for the first time ever, and you can download it from the iTunes store, and I guess that would be for the first time ever. Yes, for the first time ever, definitely. Special thanks to our supporters, the Memphis Convention and Visitors Bureau, Arts Memphis, the Tennessee Arts Commission, AutoZone, and Bridging the Blues for their support in making Bill Street Caravan possible. Extra special thanks to Jared and John at Shangri-La and Pat and Cheryl at Omnivore Records. We always like to remind our listeners to please show your support for public broadcasting. You're just not going to find programming like this anywhere else. You can find Bill Street Caravan on all the social media outlets. Check in with us there. We've always got special features and updates. You can always keep up with Bill Street Caravan via our podcast that's available through iTunes. Next week on Bill Street Caravan, we'll feature the Black Cadillacs, a hard-hitting rock and roll act that I think our listeners are really going to love. David Les will also return with another installment of The Memphis Beat. That's going to be great. Until then, I'm Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Kevin Cubbins. You've been listening to The Sounds of Memphis on Beale Street Caravan.